Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often have the great opportunity on Harvest Time to tell the stories of our church as we feature interviews with our members and other friends of the ministry. Now, of course, we'd always invite you to join us at the church Sunday morning. We begin at 10.30 a.m., and we'll be back in our series this week on pursuing our mission from Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47, and this week focused on outreach. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hop a day, Chris. Yeah, we're going to come back this Sunday to continue in our series on the book of Acts. Actually, the last four weeks have been a mini-series within the bigger series, specifically talking about Acts 2, 41 through 47. Sort of a secondary title of this little section we've been talking about is Foundations for a Thriving Church. And I think that's what these verses describe for us. That first church, the inauguration of the church in Acts chapter 2, very important theologically and practically for us. And then the last few verses of the chapter describe, I think, what the church is supposed to look like in its formation, and then ultimately it describes specific, we've been calling them foundations, specific purposes of the church that are defined. So over the course of this time, we've talked about discipleship, fellowship. Last week, we talked about worship. And we're going to conclude this little piece and conclude chapter two on Sunday by talking about the very important topic of outreach or evangelism, something the Great Commission calls us to do. We want to be effective as a church, and each individual in the church should be Every Christian really should be uh, fulfilling our responsibilities as evangelists or sharing our faith, witnesses of Jesus Christ. So we're looking forward to that on Sunday. We would invite uh, those that are listening to, if you're free, if you're not connected with another church, we'd invite you to come and be part of our worship together and then uh, listen in, be involved as we uh, look into the scriptures and uh, try to practically apply it as we meet together on Sunday. We're privileged uh, today to have with us uh, a good friend of Harvest Baptist Church and Harvest Ministries. Uh, this person actually has been involved in Harvest for a long time. Uh, one of the uh, most well-known, I think, foundational pieces of Harvest. <laughs> He's given me the stop right there signal, but we're really glad to have Pastor Don Eckert uh, with us. Pastor Don is the pastor at Guahan Baptist Church, and we're going to give him a chance to talk about that a little bit, a ministry that God is blessing, and Harvest has had a chance to be a part of the formation and the founding of that church. But he's also involved in a lot of other things here at Harvest, teaches quite a bit in the Bible College, very influential position. And then Pastor Don actually has an office here on campus, and that's really helpful, I know for me personally, but for our pastoral team. He comes to our pastoral meetings weekly. Uh, we have the opportunity just to glean from his wisdom and his input, and so we're really thankful for that. But welcome to uh, Harvest Time, Pastor Don. Glad that you're with us. Thank you for having me, Pastor Gary. It's great to be here. Why don't we begin by having you share a little bit of the, your story of coming to Christ. Maybe I can preface it by saying this. You were with us at our church service this last Sunday night to be able to talk about what God's doing at Guahan, because we continue to be connected as a church to give us a little bit of a report and then share the word. So a lot of our church family, of course, is familiar with you and your story, but there may be some listening that are that are not. 
did you grow up on Guam? How did you get here? And then I'd like you to tell us about how your relationship with God started. That is the story. I was born and raised in Janesville, Wisconsin, and I am one of those very fortunate people that had a great mom and dad that they loved the Lord, they read their Bible. My brothers and sisters, I'm the oldest of eight. We just had a great childhood, I would say. At least me as the oldest, I had a great childhood. Maybe the younger ones didn't, but I really had a great childhood and I got a great example from my mom and dad and it's shown in uh, my brothers and sisters as they've grown, I've been able to watch them how they relate to the Lord and what their relationship is to the Lord. I did go to a Catholic seminary for four years in high school and then two years of, of college. And then I met my beautiful wife, Tessie, who was from Guam, and I decided wasn't going to take that track. And so came out to Guam in 1978. Then um, we got married in 1979, and uh, I ran into a guy. His name was Dave McCain, and he was the associate pastor here at Harvest. And he asked me a question. He said, Don, if you die, what would happen? And uh, even with six years in uh, seminary, I did not know the answer to that question. Mm. It really challenged my heart in a good way. So we began a Bible study. It was right down at Paseo every Saturday, me and him and one other guy went down to Paseo, and we had a Bible study right where that Statue of Liberty is. Oh, really? And just outside? Just right outside. Watching the ocean? Yep. Wow. It, it was great. And the very first question he asked me is, he noticed. He said, I noticed when you sat down on this table, uh, they had a bench there, like a picnic table, and he said, I noticed you just sat down, you didn't worry about anything. I said, well, it's, it's stone, you know, it was a solid bench there. I said, I'm not worried about that. And he began there to talk about the Word of God as that foundation, and he mm. used that illustration and built upon it. And uh, I, I realized that even though I knew about God, and I'm thankful to my family, my mom and dad, my brothers, sisters, uh, and other people who had influence in my life, I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. I knew about him. I would even say that I cared much, but I just didn't have that relationship. And so Pastor Dave McCain, he talked about that a lot, and uh, I'm just so thankful he did. Uh, finally, uh, I was kind of thinking a little strange. Uh, he never invited me to church. I thought, wow, this Baptist thing's pretty good. You can just get together <laughs> on Saturday morning and no church. And uh, But he finally invited me to church one day, and I honestly, I have no idea what the message was, but I remember he invited me here to Harvest, and I remember uh, talking to him afterwards saying, uh, I need to get saved. And that word was kind of going through my head, and uh, he referred to it often, the importance of getting saved using scripture verses in John 3.3, 3, John 3.16, and the importance of salvation and having that personal relationship. And so I did that on February 3rd, 1985. I called out to Christ. I asked him to forgive me of my sins, and I asked him to save my soul. And honestly, I didn't speak in tongues or I didn't have uh, some sort of experience, but I'll tell you this, that I knew for sure 
uh, something happened because it was like the weight of the world just came off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Really, Pastor. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I remember driving down uh, Roy T. Damien Street and thinking, I'm saved. I'm going to go. I know it. And he used that scripture in 1 John about that you can know, K-N-O-W, you can know that you have eternal life. And for the first time in my life, I had the same confidence I know that my, that my family did. It was just beautiful. It was a great experience. And my wife, Tessie, got saved two weeks after that. That's really interesting. Don, how old were you at this season of 27. life? 27. 27 years old. And you've used this term a couple of times now in telling your story. You, you use the word saved. If somebody was listening and said, well, I mean, I've heard that term before, you know, Christians talk about, but what does it mean, like saved from something? And what's saved? Was, or you said uh, salvation, too, I think. Correct. That was the exact question I quizzed Pastor Dave on, and he went through a very lengthy explanation of that using scripture verses and using this term, another term that I didn't know, and that was born again. You must be born again. And so we went through that, and I realized that there really is a heaven and a hell, and uh, it is appointed unto a man once to die and then the judgment. And I don't know if that scared me or if that made me think, but one thing's for sure is that I knew I wasn't saved, and I knew Dave was because mm -hmm. he had a, such a confidence, not in himself, but a confidence in Jesus Christ that Christ had left heaven and came to this earth and died for his sins specifically, and he was saying for my sins also. And I wasn't such a bad guy, at least in my own mind. But then as I started thinking about it, I remember that night actually start saying some of my sins. And by the time I got done, I was a pretty bad guy. I was a lot worse wow, than yeah. I thought. And it wasn't anything that I did. It was, I believe, the Holy Spirit convicting my heart of my sin. And that's the prayer that was on my heart that I would be saved, that I wouldn't have this fear of of not knowing. I really wanted to know Christ in a personal way. And I'm thankful for the foundation I got, but I'm also thankful now uh, for my salvation and that it's nothing I've done and everybody knows that. Anybody that knows me knows that, uh, that I'm a sinner, but saved by grace. As a matter of fact, uh, I have a, a little sign that says SWG, SBG, and that's short white guy saved by grace. That <laughs> Amen. Would, maybe they'll put that on my headstone when I pass away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting as I talk with a lot of people that are searching, uh, you know, on sort of a spiritual journey, trying to figure out life and figure out, you know, where God fits in their life, what God expects of them. Uh, sometimes I think we do use some terms that become Christianized terms. They're really good words, but because we use them so commonly as Christians, they become these Christian terms, and we forget that they actually mean something. Saved really does mean saved, and sometimes when we just maybe repurpose the word a little bit, it's, it's helpful as I'm talking with people and I'll talk about terms like rescued. Well, that doesn't have the Christian connotation, but it really is the same word. And then that starts to make sense. I mean, I'm rescued from my sin mm. and I'm rescued from an eternity apart from God and I'm rescued from the path and the journey that I was going down that I knew or at least started to figure out was leading to destruction and, uh, yeah, it's cool hearing that from your story, what God rescued you from. I mean, he really Absolutely. did save you. Pastor Dave used the 
verse Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and that's for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, mm -hmm. not of works, lest anyone should boast. And that's my life's verse, and it just opened up my mind. That verse, sometimes we hear about God's word that it's powerful, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it pierces us, and that's exactly what happened with that verse. That one verse just kind of opened my mind to this idea that I was in need of salvation, I was in need of rescuing, and that would mean that there is a lostness of sort. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, as Pastor Dave explained, it was that heaven and hell, that battle going on for my soul, and I didn't even know about it. I thought it was just a restlessness or something. I had no idea of the dire consequences. And when the Lord called me to preach, that's what I talk about is the importance of each human soul, how important we are in the eyes of God, and that he loved us so much that he died for each one of us. Amen. So you're 27 years old, and then what happens after that? I mean, did you just all of a sudden feel like like right away you wanted to be a preacher, or you know, what was your story after that? Well, I was very gung-ho, got saved and had a lot of enthusiasm, but not much common sense, and I just, if you were moving, I was talking to you about Jesus, and mm -hmm. that's the way I went, but uh, something happened, Pastor. It, it, I got offended by somebody in the church, and I lost my enthusiasm. I didn't follow what the the Bible says. I didn't go and ask for forgiveness. I let a, uh, I would call it a root of bitterness grow in my heart, and it it got down pretty deep. And uh, then I believe the Lord used Typhoon Paca to get my attention and kind of, not kind of, destroyed my house. <laughs> and the uh, roof was gone. I remember sitting on a cement block and I didn't hear God audibly speak to me, but it was like, Don, I, I want you to preach. And I, I'm serious. I looked around. I was like, it was that clear. And I thought God had made his first mistake. But no, it was confirmed by, he confirmed that through people and through his word. And so I began this thought process in my head of, of becoming a pastor and uh, preaching the word of God. It was very specific in the southern part of Guam. Hmm. And so God used Dr. Watson, he used Pastor Heron. My wife was just amazing, coming alongside and helping me. And I went back to school and uh, got my degree. And I was ordained here at Harvest Baptist Church in 2011. And then uh, we began a house church in our house. We enclosed our garage and we uh, began the church in May of 2011. The church rapidly grew from two to four. Then we <laughs> doubled uh, right away. We doubled. It was an amazing thing. Actually, we had a Bible study going on. People started coming, and we just had a, a real burden. The people, our HBBC came to a Bible study, and people such as Jim and Anita Bendo and others, John and Anna Ogden came and just encouraged us to do this. And then one day, I remember we had about 30 people at the Bible study. I was freaking out. It was like, whoa, our whole porch was full. And she said, Pastor Don, even though I wasn't a pastor at the time, she said, Pastor Don, we need to start a church. And that's when it really hit me is, my goodness, this is, this is what I've been thinking about, praying about, mm -hmm. and now comes 
time for action. And I know action cures fear. I'll tell you, I had a little bit of fear and trepidation about pastoring, but here it was. Again, another confirmation. So within a short time, we had about 30 people just kind of stayed that way and it just kind of grew little by little and before you know it there was 50 people there and we had people in our balcony we we laughed because our washer and dryer was our balcony and that was kind of in the back there but it was packed and I know it wasn't my preaching I think it was more of the food that we have after each meal <laughs> each service on Sunday but we had People coming, getting saved, getting baptized. We did baptisms down at the beach. And people growing, getting mentored, learning. We had challenges and difficulties. Honestly, Pastor, it was a stretch. In my mind, right. I thought of myself as a businessman. and But here God had changed my train of thought to pastor. And I knew I couldn't do two things at once. So I, I needed to focus on that and that's what i've done since 2011. about three years ago we were full and uh, people were saying let's build a new building and so we went through kind of that phase of praying and i knew i didn't want what if something happened and half the people left and i said let's wait a little while longer i got counsel from pastor heron so we waited and waited and waited until it just couldn't you know people were scrunched up in there and so we decided let's pray about that and uh, one summer uh, melcher hennigan came alongside he was a summer intern and we started actually writing a constitution and we started talking about building a church we know the church is not the building, it's the people of God, but we talked about building a church building, and then I was approached by my in-laws, Tessie's mom and dad. I didn't go to them, they came to us because they were coming, I couldn't believe it. My, my mother and father-in-law were coming to church, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were coming to church. I, uh, it was amazing. Mm. God was working in people's hearts, and so they approached me and said, Don, we'd like to help out, and so we were able to secure a 25-year lease, and then we talked about the building, what kind of building, and I'm, you know, I'm an older guy. I'm, I was 50-some at the time, and I didn't want the next guy in debt, and so we were able to secure a Quonset Hut-style building, steel frame building, and praise the Lord, it's all paid off, and uh, we have uh, very little debt. I think the only debt we have is riding lawnmower that we have. So we're so thankful to my in-laws who have helped us in that area. And so we're moving into the second and third phase of Guahan Baptist Church. What do you think are the biggest lessons that you've learned as you've gone through this process? A couple things. One is, um, as the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, he was saved. He asked the Lord, what would you have me to do? And quite honestly, I got saved in 1985. I trusted Christ as my personal savior. I began a personal relationship with him, but I didn't even think of asking the Lord what he wanted me to do mm. until Typhoon Paca. So that to me was significant. When I started asking God what he wanted me to do, I was amazed that he would use me, short white guy saved by grace. <laughs> you know, you didn't know me, Pastor. You didn't know what kind of character I was. and But... Uh, God could use me Amen. because I asked him, what do you want me to do? And he made it very clear what he wanted me to do. And when I 
did not do because I had been thinking about this becoming, you know, maybe God's calling me to, I didn't tell anybody, are you crazy? No, I wouldn't tell anybody that. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, Typhoon Paca comes and just not only takes my house, but it got me thinking really seriously about what God want, wanted me to do. And so I believe the term submission comes into mind and uh, I finally submitted. I, you know what, you can get saved uh, but maybe not do exactly what God wants you to do. I'm thinking there's people that are exactly like me, that they get saved and they know what they should be doing, but something's holding them back. And I would encourage them to please do what God wants you to do. Acts 9-6, Lord, what would you have me to do? There's a connection in the scriptures between faith, which the Bible talks about a lot, that we can't please God without faith, and this human thing that we would call risk. And it seems like we read through the scriptures as, as we watch people who have been used of God, there is an element of risk that's involved when you step out on faith. That's why it's faith. If, if everything always made sense, we wouldn't have to have, to have faith. We could just <laughs> do what the next step was. So there's this element of risk. And it, and it does mean, too, that if we're not willing to step out in these areas where God's called us to, that beyond our comfort zone, then that's a lack of faith, which is the same as us being unfaithful. So it's interesting listening to the steps that God brought you through in his timing, yes. maybe a little later than you thought, or you know, looking back, you wondered about, but in his timing, God brought you to to say, I want you to obey here, and each step was a little bit out of their comfort zone, a risk in some way, and God is blessed. And It sure was. It really uh, stretched me, and not just me, but my wife and family, and but everybody was on the same page. It really brought to mind this idea that the Lord loves unity and he hates division because we were unified, not just me and Tessie, but our family, extended family, and the church people coming alongside. There was a great deal of excitement about raising up a local Bible-believing church in the South, down in Epan. And uh, it's not us it's the Lord. We want to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing good in us. It's all about him. So if somebody's down in that area or listening, you know, really all across the island, say, hey, I'd like to check out Guahan Baptist Church. Give us your location. What time are your services? Right now, uh, we uh, start church right at 10 o'clock on Chamorro time. So if you come <laughs> at 10, you might be the first. But uh, we, we try to start about 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, and we're located right on Route 4, past Jeff's Pirates Cove, past the EPAM Mobile, and right next to the EPAM Village Store. Uh, we have a steel frame building, and uh, we meet on Sunday night. We have a family seminar, and then we have a Wednesday night Bible study and uh, prayer time together. Well, God's at work at Guahan Baptist Church. Thankful for your willingness to serve, Pastor Don. We're sure thankful for your influence here at Harvest, and that's significant. But we, we love what God's doing at the church in Guahan and praying for God's blessing. Thank you. I uh, Right as I close, I just want to mention that we are looking forward to the future. We have things that we uh, discuss. We'd like to uh, fix up some things down there. And uh, uh, so we're looking at uh, putting in a driveway and a parking lot, a storage shed, and possibly moving our children's church from, it's still up at our house, get us all 
all together and putting up a nice, uh, nice, beautiful sign. So we have needs, but more than anything, I would just uh, ask for your continued uh, prayer. People tell me all the time they're praying for us. And honestly, that is such an encouragement because we are a small local church, you know. We're right around 100 people if you count chickens. And, <laughs> uh, but we're a small church, but we, we covet your prayers and we appreciate all the help uh, during these, these eight years down at Guan. Thanks, Pastor Don. We are praying and thankful for the partnership of our churches together. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Now, as always, at this point in the program, we want to personally invite you to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. If you can't show up down at Guahan, <laughs> come up to Harvest. And on Sunday morning, we start at 9.30 a.m. We have children's programs, adult Bible fellowships at 10.30 a.m. Uh, we have our morning worship service in our auditorium. We'll be back in that series pursuing our mission, Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47, talking about outreach this week. You can always find more information at our website, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And thanks again for listening to Harvest Time. Mm-hmm.